This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and thanks to John Walsh for the last two hours on KCLR Breakfast. I'll be with you until 10 o'clock when Edward Hayden takes over with the Saturday show to bring you through the morning and hope you're enjoying our European Championships with Electro City, which kicked off in the last while. You can tune in to Shane O'Keefe this afternoon for Carlo Kilkenny's biggest virtual sporting event. On The Bottom Line this morning, we've been out about talking to some of the businesses in Carlo Kilkenny who opened their doors during the last week as the lockdown restrictions ease. With the good news that the reopening of tourism and hospitality businesses has been brought forward to June 29th, we'll be talking to Brian Flynn, head of Ireland's Ancient East for Falcha Ireland. Business in Ireland faces a huge challenge to recover from COVID-19 and with a hard Brexit on the horizon, we'll talk to the head of Guaranteed Irish, Breed O'Connell. And we'll be joined by Deirdre Martin of Network Kilkenny to talk to us about the Businesswoman of the Year Awards. But first on the programme, in an environment where businesses face unprecedented demands to change and adapt and many pivot to meet the challenges of a totally new world, we're talking innovation and change. I'm joined by the presenter of a hugely successful business podcast, which, believe it or not, numbers Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft, among its listeners. I'm talking with Aidan McCullen who's presenter of the Global Innovation Show, which is available wherever you do your podcast listening. Good morning, Aidan. Good morning, John. Great to be with you. Yeah, you've got one hell of an interesting CV, Aidan. Uh, A former professional rugby player for 10 years with Leinster, Toulouse and London Irish, and you've played for Ireland. You established the digital division for CommuniCore. You were head of innovation at RTE, and you lecture at Trinity Business School now. Amazing times for business. Um, You're all about change, innovation and adaption. Tell us about your own story. Yeah, well, I suppose... You know, one of the things that happens when you're a professional sports player is you have to evolve, you have to change. And I became fascinated with that. But it went right back to when I was a kid because I was one of those kids that wasn't picked. And if I was picked in the schoolyard, it was usually on the other team, so they'd lose. So I got interested in this idea of human development and capabilities earlier in my life. And, you know, as I managed to... I tried to play Gaelic football. I'm a Mead man. I tried to. I wanted to play for Mead. Uh, was often on the bench there, so didn't didn't uh, really succeed so much at GAA. And then we moved up to Dublin. I went to a rugby playing school, and we had to play rugby. I was very angry with my parents for making us go there, but because of the capability I built from Gaelic football, I brought that into Gaelic into rugby, and I had a kind of a different way of playing. And that benefited hugely when I went to play in France and played in Toulouse because I built these kind of skills that came from other sports. So, so the reason I mention that is it's the same in, in business and in life that all these different things you do, you pick up capability and that capability then can be used elsewhere. And one of the worst things we can do is in business and, and in life is stop growing and stop evolving because we think we've hit the peak of it so much and we stop, we stop learning, and that's actually when you're in danger of disruption. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, Michael Jordan, the great basketball player, very much in the news uh, the last while. Reading about him, I mean, he, he will talk about how he's learned as much from failure and how to get through the failure and not been picked or missing shots. Sport can bring a lot uh, of skills that are useful to business. It sure can, and, and I heard about that documentary. I'd love to see it. Uh, you know, and, and I often think about, when, when you talk about the, the guys at the top of the game, there's there's not much lessons there, right? The lessons from Jordan are his hard work, but oftentimes we look at these amazing players, but they're really talented. And if you look at the guys who weren't so talented, and I put myself in that book of what did they do to try and get there and, and what were the frameworks they used? Because that's really useful to everyone. And I think it's the same in business. You know, if you have these top uh, Richard Bransons and all these guys, you can look at the, what they did. But a lot of luck fell their way. And I think when you break it down into frameworks, which is what really interests me, you kind of look at what are the building blocks. Like if you think of Lego bricks, what did they put in place in order to get to where they were? And one of the things like you said about the failure is it's when you do anything in your business you see it as an experiment and it's oh, sometimes you'll hit gold sometimes you won't and when you don't you've built some type of capability and it's that's what the gold is is the capability that you build and you know we've seen it now with this covid crisis is businesses who weren't for example digitized or didn't have an e-commerce platform didn't have a website, didn't have a way to communicate with their audience, you know, CEOs and businesses who didn't have a communication platform to talk to their people, etc. They were caught unawares. And there's a great quote from, from one of these business gurus, Warren Buffett, who said, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. And there's been a lot of people caught in their underwear or naked and not on these Zoom calls, by the way. Yeah. Because they hadn't prepared and they have, you have to prepare for a likely crisis. And it's not even a crisis. It's just the rate of change is so fast that you need to be building capability for when it happens. It's not an if anymore, it's when. Yeah, I, I get the sense that you've built your own personal capability by doing a lot of reading, a lot of listening to other people. Can you share some of the insights you've got on that? And, and did that really lead you on to doing your podcast? Well, it's, yeah, it's an interesting kind of evolution what what i felt was when i was coming to the end of my rugby career which is over 10 years now ago was i I felt i'd lost time in the business world and i had to catch up so i started reading furiously understanding studying and looking at what the emerging trends were and where would be somewhere where what industry could i go into that was on it in its ascendancy rather than in decline and I got into digital media because digital, nobody really knew what it was. And in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> and I certainly, I, I was, as I, as I constantly said all the time, I'm, a, I'm just a couple of Google searches ahead of the rest of you, except <laughs> I'm, focused, I'm focused on those Google searches full-time. And, the, you know, learning is absolutely key to growth. And I think what happens in so much of university and then in business is that you it's like it's like you, you inhale as much information as you can you go to your exam you you breathe it all out and you get through the exam and then you forget it all mm. and instead of actually learning how to learn in permanence is, is such a key skill and 
I was just so fortunate that at, at the end of my Ruby career, because I, I, I didn't, I wasn't a prolific reader before then. I just started preparing, thinking that I was missing something going into the work, working world, and I started studying body language. You know how to communicate, how to speak, how to do a PowerPoint presentation, and those that that skill that I developed in those five years it was injured quite a lot at the end of my career. And I, the skills I developed was there was really learning how to learn. Mm. And, and that a lot of brought me. Yeah, sorry. Down. A lot of people um, are in that situation at the moment and a lot of people have, um, you know, used the occasion of the lockdown to do training courses uh, and stuff like that. There was a bit, uh, a line that you wrote, I think, on your website where you described one stage of your career as jumping off the cliff and building an aeroplane on the way down. That's very (laughs) applicable to um, a lot of people in uh, business at the moment with reopening maybe happening quicker than they expected. They've got to dive in. You speak to... um, business thinkers and business leaders i mean some great people on your on your podcast uh, the innovation show um but you know what what tips can you give to people who who may have jumped off the cliff in the last week who are open again and who need to pick up new skills yeah, well the first thing is is this idea that don't be afraid you know that the you can't you can't like the, the, i think somewhere along the way in our lives we forget that you can't pick up any other, any skill without failing. Like, you're going to make a mistake. You know, even, even going back to the rugby days, you know, some guys would avoid being first receiver in the early early days of professional rugby. And really, first receiver is like the out half who takes the ball. Because in, in drills, in case you drop the ball, but like, if you don't put yourself in that position, you're, you're not going to actually ever grow. And I, I see it the same thing in business stuff. you got to start. And... Oftentimes, and I totally get this, you're so busy working in the business that it's hard to work on the business. And we need to start apportioning a little bit of time. And maybe it's after work. Maybe it's just, you know, not watching something in the evening and just putting half an hour aside to start working on the business rather than just in it all the time. And I know that's very difficult for people. People are exhausted at the end of the day. But this is the huge shift that all these brilliant thinkers I have on the show tell us is that you, CEOs of businesses and, and from big to the smallest SME to the one man band you got to put time aside to go okay how can I make things more efficient there's so many tools out there John there's so much stuff that you can automate things you can outsource things and you know just taking the time to find those things is so key even if you did something a little bit every day and one of the kind of mindsets you had in, in sports was you're not really competing with other players, you're competing with who you were yesterday. So mm. if you can do one thing better today than you to make you better than you were yesterday, that's good. And I, I mean the smallest thing. Yeah, and your web and your podcast covers a lot of uh, practical stuff like how to elevate your presence in a virtual meeting. Good one, um, and and problem solving. One of your most recent ones. You've met with or you've you've interviewed some really great people, and and I was really impressed. You spoke to D. Hawks, who was the founder of Visa, like Visa, who whose turnover is is measured in trillions. Yeah, he, that was an amazing experience he's he's 92 he's an amazing man and he's he's actually a guy who i aspire to be like and and not because of the the trillion dollar business he created by the way he's he left the business in a in a kind of famous 
just all of a sudden said, I don't want to do this anymore, because he didn't believe in capitalism. Mm. And his whole approach was, I want to build a universal currency. So he was kind of going towards that whole idea of blockchain and uh, transparency and, and not printing money and all this kind of stuff in the early days. But uh, going back to this idea, if the reason he's still thriving is he learns every day, he puts time aside every day to read and learn, and that's his real passion in life. He works the land, he lives on, on a farm, he bought a farm uh, when he left Visa, and that's his real passion, is just the learning. And he's writing a book now at the moment as well, at 92, and you know he's agreed to write the forward for my own book, which is just an amazing opportunity. But the whole idea of this constant learning is... is there's a, another guy on the show is a guy called Daniel Amen, and he's this brain expert. And he said, when you stop learning, the brain starts dying. Mm. That's why we're seeing this rise in dementia and all these kind of uh, horrible neurological uh, diseases that are coming to the fore. Okay, and unfortunately, we've we've got to leave it there. Sorry to cut across you. I'd love to talk for the full hour uh, with you, but we'll have you back on the show again. Best of luck with the book and best of luck with the podcast. It's called The Innovation Show. That was uh, Aidan McCullen there. Now, during the week, we were out and about speaking to some of the retailers uh, across Carlo and Kilkenny who opened their doors again after an unprecedented lockdown. We were in Carlo and we also were in Kilkenny. Let's start with Kilkenny and listen to some of the experience of local retailers. My name is Pete. I'm the area merchandiser for the southern region of Easy Living Furniture. So we're here in the Kilkenny store at the minute where we are cleaning in preparation for reopening at half ten in the morning. Uh, we also do a quiet hour between half nine and half ten, so that's by appointment only for more vulnerable customers. We offer our sanitizer at the door as they're walking in. We also offer uh, gloves. We've doing temperature checks for staff members on their way in and their way out of the store. So they have to be within the correct temperature to come into work. If they're not, they're just going to be sent home. Uh, we were actually one of the first companies in the country to close our doors before the government announced it on 16th March. We were also we were quite disappointed when we couldn't reopen in the first stage, where we were promised we had all prepared our stores with weeks of preparation to do, uh, but unfortunately it just didn't happen. We only got the notification on the Friday, like everyone else from the government, but we were all still ready to go as soon as we were allowed. Uh, since we've reopened our doors, we find that customers are very happy to come in. Everyone seems to be using the necessary precautions, everyone is sanitising everyone is using gloves. A lot of customers are wearing face coverings as well, which helps. We've also, all staff are to wear face coverings at all times once they're on the shop floor. We put uh, precautions in place for staff members as well, including like our canteen, only one person allowed at a time, including the elevator as well, only one person allowed because it's quite a small space, it's very hard to do social distancing. Um, so that's most of what we've done so far, but we are finding that most people are very compliant. And the reaction from customers? Quite happy to come in. Um, they're glad that we're back open. Uh, a lot of uh, older customers are coming back in our store is quite big so it's very easy to manage our social distancing uh, we're only allowing 35 people in at a time uh, we do have a queuing system outside as well so we do obviously man the door all day so once we reach our capacity the door is closed and people will just wait outside but everyone's been very patient how are you feeling about the new normal we're all getting pretty used to it now uh, wearing a face mask all day is something new all right but <laughs> uh, it's it's proven to be okay yeah i'm george whitford uh, and i'm uh, uh, the shoe corner uh, originally uh, set up in Nina and I'm also in Tipperary. I'm now come home from my home base in Kilkenny. I was born and reared 12 miles out the road from here. I'm a comfort house that supplies 
uh, comfort shoes and uh, uh, shoes for problem feet. And George, you, you established the shop here in Parliament Street just at the end of last year, coming into Christmas. You could hardly have expected COVID. How have you adapted since reopening just at the start of this week? COVID is a problem, but uh, listen here, we are where we are and, and we have to start again. And, and uh, I would have uh, good hopes for Kilkenny. Uh, populations here and uh, we just have to work on our premises and, 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 and let people know what we do. Since reopening, you've had to change how you deal with customers. How have you find that operating the shop and how have customers responded? I actually find customers very relaxed and we use a sanitizer and we have uh, our face masks and, and uh, we keep our distance and, and basically I suppose the uh, people that are uh, were cocooning and that, that may be a percentage of those that are maybe nervous but uh, we'll accommodate them and necessarily we'll, we'll uh, provide special times for them. And of course with people uh, trying on shoes there are worries over a passing on of the virus you've taken measures in relation to how people try on shoes now as well we always uh, have uh, provided uh, at all times pop socks uh, where people can put on pop socks and and uh, they're not reused they're, they're, uh, generally we tell the customer to take them with them I'm Anne Barber and my shop is Butterslip at the corner of Rosin Street in Kilkenny we're a gift shop with baby stuff gifts and all sorts of pretty things um, so we reopened on Wednesday and it's been really really good it's been really busy. Um, it's just lovely to see people out and about again. I think there's definitely a novelty factor that people are coming out and poking around for the first time. And I've had lots of people just poking their head in the door to say hello, which is really, really nice and social. And somebody brought me a cake. That was brilliant. So yeah, the first two days have been really busy. I think it will take a while until we know what kind of a pattern we have, if it's just novelty factor up front. We definitely have a lot of local goodwill, which is really, really nice. And there's a big urge to shop local. Um, and I hope that continues. That would be nice. But I think as well as the shopping people, it's the social element that people have missed as well and that's, that's something that you get locally that you can't get anywhere else so that's really important but I said I think yeah it'll take a while until we can see try and feel our way some kind of a pattern and it's just going to be day by day week by week Louise you and people have missed out on birthdays and births and stuff like that. Has that released the kind of pent-up demand for gifts and stuff like that, in your view? Yeah, definitely. So we had, in the first two days, a big surge of baby presents and birthday presents, catch you up and things like that. Now, we were online as well, so our website was going the whole time, and we noticed an awful lot of baby presents. Also, thank you gifts and little cheer-up gifts. We were sending presents all over the country. That was really fun. But some people just aren't into that, so we definitely had a lot of them. There's a lot of catching up on presents to do, and just acknowledgements and thank yous. So much has been going on. It's really important. I would imagine that the, tour, the tourist industry and people visiting Kilkenny are, are an important part of your business in normal times. How do you feel about that? It'll come back or is it a long way away? I'm presuming it's a long way away. I don't know. Hopefully we'll have some Irish tourists starting to move around the country a little bit. But I mean, I'm off the, on the side of caution as well. So you have, really have to balance caution with your aspirations for your business. So um, yeah, I mean, tourism is important for me. It's important for the whole of Kilkenny and any extra people coming into town is good. But that is something we're going to miss this year, definitely. You sound optimistic. You're an optimistic person. You need to be in retailing, but how are you feeling about the future? Ah, yeah, definitely. I'm always an optimist um, and I'll make the best out of any situation. And nobody wants to come in and see a grumpy face. So what we're selling is is happiness and, and optimism. And that's really, really important. But I am optimistic and I think we'll, we'll muddle our way through it one way or the other. It's brought a lot of change and it's forced me to be more on the ball with my online business. And that's good. So there's been good learnings out of it as well. 
The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie The heart of two counties. Casey Lauren, indeed. John Purcell with you on the bottom line. It's just almost 28 minutes past nine. Uh, good to speak to some retailers in Kilkenny who had opened their doors during the week. And good news for many in the hospitality industry uh, last week when the government announced that they were bringing forward the date for the reopening of uh, the hospitality industry. Um, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Brian O'Flynn, who's head of Ireland's Ancient East for Falcha Ireland. Uh, Brian, uh, Falcha Ireland published operational guidelines during the week on safe reopening. Tell us about those. Yeah, good morning, John, and, and thanks for having me on. So, yeah, look, throughout this crisis, Falls um, Ireland have been working with tourism and hospitality businesses to uh, give them the guidance and support that they urgently need. Urgently need. Um, we've been in touch with probably up to 2,000 businesses on a regular basis to identify what those priorities are and then prioritise the various supports. So, this week, um, we developed and released uh, sectoral operational guidelines. Um, these are developed in collaboration with various industry bodies, um, relevant state agencies, the Department of Transport, Tourism and Sport, as well as the wider government. So these detailed uh, sector-specific guidelines essentially will assist tourism and hospitality businesses to re- reopen or prepare to reopen safely whilst adhering to the public health advice. Yeah, and there's no um, underestimating the scale of the challenge because up to 70% of revenue for for Irish tourism is from overseas, so that's closed down. Yeah, look, that's absolutely correct. Um, It it is absolutely a massive challenge for for our industry. Um, It it is essentially closed at the moment. Um, You're right in saying that. Look, the the 14-day quarantine or self-isolation period is obviously what you're, you're referring to there. Um, look, that that will be reviewed on the 18th, 18th of June, um, but, but our initial analysis on that shows that should that be removed, there will probably be up to 36,000 additional jobs for the sector for the back half of the year, which is which would be a huge, um, a huge boost to the industry should that be removed. Yeah, huge variables at the moment because, of course, we all have to observe two metre social distancing and the uh, difference between two metres and one metre is absolutely huge in the hospitality industry. I, I understand a two metre uh, reduction reduces a hotel capacity by one third and a restaurant by two thirds. That's a, a, a big mountain to climb. Yeah, look, again, again, you're you're right. Again, so that's another another major challenge for the industry. Um, you, you are right. Some hotels capacity could be reduced to up to a third, and, and, and some restaurants up to two thirds. Look, that in effect means that that many businesses won't be able to reopen because they can't meet their their fixed costs. So, um, look, if if again a similar analysis that we've done has shown that should that be released to or reduced to one meter that that could help restore up to 80,000 jobs in the tourism sector wow. back after the year which is which is a, obviously a huge number look it, it is important to acknowledge though however that the public health is is absolutely the priority here it's the priority for our industry it's the priority for um the staff of our industry as well as our visitors so even though that that is a 
is a huge challenge for them to overcome. There's no doubt that the public health is the priority and, and the priority of our industry as well. Absolutely, and we must repeat that to our listeners to observe the guidelines, keep their distance, wash your hands and all that sort of stuff. But there, you've put in place a lot of practical supports for business because at the end of the day, staying safe, reopening properly, making sure staff have a good experience and visitors have a good experience, you know, all sorts of support from HR to staff well-being in place. Tell us about those. Yeah, look, so as I said at the start, look, we've been in constant contact with the industry to identify what their, the, the priority needs actually are. So um, if you go to, or if any businesses are listening to this today, I'd encourage them, them to visit the fallsireland.ie website. In there, they'll find the COVID-19 business support hub. Within this business support hub, you'll find a number of, uh, of various supports which are, in, are sector-specific. Um, these so if you click in, say, hotels, for example, within there, you'll find supports around financial recovery, operational performance, HR for reopening, and also some staff well-being supports. So the operational performance um, section is what we've, we've, we've developed this week. That includes the operating guidelines, which we've referenced, which include uh, uh, operating guidelines for various uh, specific sectors. But also in there is a capacity calculator. So that reduced capacity that you talked about from two meter to one meter is a major challenge. But also with the cleaning procedures and other procedures, this enables businesses to look at their space, what the best use of the space they have is, and look at their operating model to identify which parts of their business contribute the greatest amount of margin. And therefore, as a business as a whole, what what their, their margin might be. Um, the next suite of supports, obviously, look, there is a there is a, a, a pent up demand there, which we're seeing being realised probably for July and August now in terms of the initial indications for bookings. But the the tourism sector is very much a seasonal business, so um, as a result, the next uh, suite of supports that we'll be rolling out is in demand creation, to, so to enable businesses to create that demand into the shoulder seasons and hopefully get some more cash into their businesses to carry them through to, to next year. Yeah, because uh, just as much as the season is disrupted from an operating point of view, um, uh, the consumer's year is is uh, um, upset and maybe the shoulder season might extend. People may take holidays later or wish to take a break later. Yeah, look, that's what, that's what we're hoping. Um, at the moment, we, we are tracking uh, consumer sentiment on a weekly basis. So at the moment, the, the consumer sentiment shows that about 51% of people do intend to, to travel uh, this year domestically. But that's we're bearing in mind that those figures were as of before the last uh, announcement and before these operating guidelines were were, were released. Um, what they also show is that people are looking to take a safe break. That's what they're looking for is safety. Um, and these operating guidelines should instill that confidence that hotels are now, and not hotels, rather, but the wider industry are announcing that they are reopening. So that, that element of safety should be reassured. So we're expecting to see that um, in, the, in next week's survey come up a little bit. But there's no doubt that it is uh, further behind where it was at this time last year. Brian, uh, finally, where can people quickly access all this information? Yeah, so thanks for that, John. I'd encourage anybody listening today, so please go to fortyireland.ie. In there, you'll find the COVID-19 business support hub. And within that, the sector-specific, as I said, uh, tabs, which will give you all of the various supports available to your individual sector. 
OK, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us, Brian. That was Brian O'Flynn, who's new head of Ireland's Ancient East uh, with Falcha Ireland. And believe it or not, he just took up his role with Falcha Ireland three days before the lockdown, I believe. Uh, so um, I'm sure he's had what you'd call a baptism of fire. We're taking a break and we'll be back talking to some Carlo businesses. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. KCLR, the heart of two counties. You're welcome back. You're listening to The Bottom Line. John Purcell with you. Now, good news during the week for Kilkenny uh, with the news that UPMC are to create 60 jobs in a new Kilkenny technology centre for their group. So we hope to be covering that next week on the programme. But earlier on in the show, we spoke to some Kilkenny retailers about their experience of reopening in the past week. And during the week, Eamon Evrainon of KCLR Live was out and about in Carlow and she spoke with a number of retailers who opened their doors of as part of phase two of reopening Ireland. Let's have a listen. I'm Noelle Hopkins and this is Happy Paws Dog Groom and Carlo. So a lot of dogs kind of come every eight weeks. So what happened is dogs that were due to come that week missed their eight week appointment and then they had to go to further five or six weeks, you know. But um, it's re- it is now, it is busy at the minute trying to get everyone looked after and my shop is open onto the main road and I, I notice it myself the amount of traffic I would say has tripled personally and even my car is parked in the car park if I have to go out to get something out of my car I used to be able to just walk across the road obviously I'd look but now I could be waiting two or three minutes before I actually get to cross the road it's that busy. I reckon um, everyone's circumstances are different you know and it all it affects people differently because everyone has different rents, different things to pay. They might, depending on what services they're offered, they might have to get a lot of customers, whereas some people might have to have a few customers. So I think it's going to depend, all come down to the individual and whether they can see it through, you know. Some people mightn't be fortunate enough to be able to have some money set by, you know, to help themselves or keep their business afloat. Jimmy Barco is a print carlo. Well, you definitely can see it. There's a lot more action around. I wouldn't say there's a buzz now because people are still a bit wary, but you can see that there's a lot more people willing to come out. So the streets are definitely busier and people are starting to go into shops that are open. Everybody is wary because they don't know what to do, how to react, where to stand when they come into a shop. Everyone's looking at it differently and then says some people are wearing masks, some people are not. So if some people are wearing gloves still and stuff, so nobody really knows how to respond to one another and everyone is a little bit cautious. You can see that. Balance is open across the road there as well, which is a big draw. And you can see people are coming down to spend a few bob in there. And that's good for the town, for the street particularly, you know. But uh, overall, I'd say uh, it's going to take a while. You can see that, you know, even with people coming down and it looks like it's busy. There might be six people standing outside the shop and maybe six inside the shop. Instead of maybe 20 people before this all happens. So we'll see. It's going to have to take time, I think. Uh, we're a printing business here in the town and we do a bit of everything, general printing, but uh, during this we've been doing a lot of work on getting ready for reopening. So we've been doing uh, floor stickers, posters, all that kind of COVID related stuff. Uh, there's also a bit going on in the background in terms of uh, just general businesses that have been affected in the construction industry really hasn't, you know, they were closed for a couple of weeks but not 
really shut down like the retail guys so we're missing the schools and our business and we're missing the retail guys they're only starting to come back now obviously the cafe shops and all that kind of stuff is still ready to wait for them guys to open up again the restaurants yeah need, yeah exactly yeah and they need their docket books and they need their stuff for doing their business as well you know so we've been missing all that but uh on the other side of things then people are getting ready to reopen so We've been doing a bit of that stuff as well. Declan MacDonald here from Max Menzer, Tullow Street in Carlow. It, it's been better than we thought. A lot, lot better. A lot of people out and about. Um, a lot of our Lyle customers out and coming out to support you to kind of say hello, you're welcome back and uh, doing a little bit of shopping then as well. So, you know, um, I didn't know what we were coming back to. Okay, we're in a honeymoon period. Uh, it mightn't last, but definitely since Monday, Monday, Tuesday, today has been good and a lot of our good customers out and uh, coming in to say hello. And then a lot of people contacting us on Facebook and different things and saying, uh, good to hear you're open and we'll see you shortly. So it's positive. Everything got totally cleaned. It was probably good. We got a full spring clean. Everything got all redone. Uh, everything got sanitized, all our shelves inside, everything, the whole lot. Shop got merchandised, re-merchandised from top to bottom. All our COVID signings, the whole lot, we have them all across the floor. And just making people aware and just trying to keep people thinking that it's still here, but we can get on with it if we're safe. We're, we're giving 20% off of everything uh, as a thank you and a welcome back to our customers. Some all the lovely summer stuff out there now and it's all 20% less. So we did a, a collection service over the month of May uh, through Facebook. Uh, we did a photo shoot uh, uh, with a friend of mine in May and we showed a lot of our stuff and people saw jackets and shirts and things and then they rang me and said yeah I like that and all and everything can I collect that and we'd stick it in the post or if they were local we'd drop it at their door or whatever so we did a little bit of that so people even though they might be traditionally not into that they're starting to move that I just after serving a lady there and she came in to me and she says oh I saw you wearing a shirt one of the days among the videos you did and she picked up that shirt there and the whole lot so it's something that maybe we weren't into that much you know we were we had a presence on Facebook and things and that but uh, it's something maybe that we've learned that it's the way forward and we have to start thinking that way and uh, you know even the older customer is looking at that you know so it's, it's the way forward and we just have to embrace it. Hi uh, my name is Morris O'Reilly and I have the Med in Carlo shop on Tullow Street in Carlo. It's been a little like uh, Christmas week almost people are that kind of excited you know it's just uh, it, it's been uh, very um, um, positive and and um, and uh, sales have been good so I think there's a little bit of a pent-up demand and people are appreciating uh, businesses being open especially uh, a, a local something a local products and things so not a very costly um, upgrade to your home is to put up a new painting on the wall you know when you look at it like that it gives you a whole different view a whole different uh, ambiance to the room so and I, I think people are uh, needing that how have all the artists been? You're in contact with lots of local artists, people involved with the gig economy. It's been very, very difficult on them. It's been extremely difficult on them. And um, I'm in contact with them and I, I'm feeling it uh, for them. I'm uh, talking to one person now. Things weren't good anyway, but now uh, her kiln went down and she's like all of a sudden it's going to cost her a thousand, almost a thousand euros. So for those people who have been kind of marginal anyway you know and now this has been kind of a, a real uh, difficult situation 
but it, I, I try and encourage artists just to keep producing. We, we have a, um, this year, uh, the Christmas season will be where they, they should be looking at and, and working towards that. And one of the advices, just get to Christmas. Morris O'Reilly from Made in Curlow finishing off that report and thanks to Eamon Eve for doing that. Just to tell you, all our interviews that we're doing these days out and about, we're doing them socially distanced. Uh, we're putting our microphones on the end of booms like you see on the TV and uh, that's how we do it. And so sometimes the sound might sound a little distanced from the person doing the interviewer. Now, a big uh, focus on supporting local and supporting Irish and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Breed O'Connell who's the Chief Executive for Guaranteed Irish. Good morning, Breed. Good morning, John. How are you? Very well. Now, I was familiar way back with um, the Guaranteed Irish symbol on the cover of my copybooks when I was at school. It went into the doldrums for a while, um, but it's going well now. You're Chief Executive for the last four years. Tell us a bit about Guaranteed Irish pre-COVID. Well, um, Guaranteed Irish has reinvented itself, I suppose, in the last number of years. A brand new board of directors, a brand new team, all very focused on digital marketing communications about businesses in Ireland. So um, it's really about support. It's a national symbol of trust, first and foremost, in business. And it's about supporting all businesses who support jobs, communities and provenance here in Ireland. So it has three main pillars. And it's really about ensuring companies create sustainable jobs, look after their employees, they're a good employer. Um, and those employers generally, you'll find, are very good to their local community as well. And we have examples of that all the way across the country. And it now boasts um, uh, over 1,200 businesses across the country. It's back alive and kicking really strong, very strong uh, presence at the moment and obviously very in vogue at the moment coming out of COVID, but also those um, companies employ nearly 100,000 people and they uh, turn over Uh, 11.7 billion to the Irish economy and um, over 29 billion to the global economy. So a huge voice that needs to be listened to. And I suppose with the research that we just got back before COVID, 83% of Irish consumers believe that they can help the local economy by buying guaranteed Irish. And I would say that's even climbed, John, with COVID. There's such a desire to support and bring back our local businesses and our communities. Yeah, there's a huge opportunity wrapped up in this COVID thing as well. I know we tend to see the, the glass half empty in terms of the financial challenges that are coming but people are very open to local um, they're very open to local Irish um, and and businesses responding to that uh, and, and putting forward that message or finding a, a fertile uh, target market I suppose. Absolutely, because if you look at the likes of the larger businesses, they've really reached out through us. It's been amazing, actually, in my role to see it, because it's been very heartening in one side. It's also very humbling to see the larger businesses who have cash flow and will survive and know they're going to survive. They've really reached out to help smaller businesses. So we have the likes of the Mosgrave Group, who are big active members with us. Centra just joined at the beginning of the month and Supervalue were with us since last year. And now we have a big announcement with the Food Academy providers. They're saying, look, we're going to subsidise our food academy provider or producers, the small guys who are starting off, um, small, under 10 employees for the most part, John, and lots of them are one and two employees across the country, and they're saying, look, we're going to help you get the mark of provenance and the mark of guaranteed Irish, and they're going to subsidise that for their members. So, huge demand to support local and to do the right thing. You have the likes of the Davy Group um, wealth managers in the financial services, who are saying, look, we want to uh, be a voice to get the business owners together and and help advise them with their insights. So a lot of us are thinking
talking about the jobs and the employment, but in actual fact, behind over half of the businesses um, in Ireland are owner, family-owned, managed, and they also need somebody to uh, a platform they can gather at and network together and advise some people so that they can stay in business. So we need to look after the business owners as well. It's a long and lonely road for them. Absolutely. And uh, we need to make sure that we're there supporting the owners as well as the employees because that is a very um, difficult and challenging position to be in at the moment. So we mustn't forget those. Yeah, and uh, just talk to us briefly about how you, somebody says, yeah, I want to prove I'm guaranteed Irish. It's not just a case of kind of ringing no. you up and saying, send down the logo. There, yeah, there, there are standards yeah. required. Yeah, so there's an appraisal uh, uh, process. So uh, in our new iteration in the last four years, we've a, a fantastic board of directors. I'd really encourage your members, anybody who's interested or, or listeners, to go on to guaranteedirish.ie if I may, John. Uh, there's an appraisal system there and the appraisal board is quite rigorous and your your criteria are based around the three pillars, jobs, community and provenance. And it's really about doing the right thing in your own community as well as your business. And the appraisal system takes about a month to get through. Now we're trying to fast track them because we've a huge peak in the last number of months because of COVID and people really see the value in it and I suppose it's it's the big game in town at the moment let's try and support our own and it's not just about the green jersey John just to make this real differentiation point mm. it's really about not having an over-reliance on overseas um, supply chains because that's where Ireland and so many other countries in Europe got caught there was this over-reliance on places like China and other places for PPE equipment and other um, products. And we must remember that that cut us, really. Mm. We need to rely on our own as well as the co- it's a combination of the multinational and the indigenous. But it's really, as we say in, our, in Guaranteed Irish, it's all together better. If we're working together, we won't get caught really um, like that again. But we really need to put a, a supply chain that we can rely on um, uh, in place. And the application process looks at that. So it's about supporting local and supporting those jobs. Okay, Breed, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That was Breed O'Connell, who's the Chief Executive of Guaranteed Irish. It's just nine minutes to ten o'clock. After the break, we're going to be talking about the Businesswoman of the Year Awards. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.omf.ie. Do you own or manage a small business? Thinking about upping your game on social media? We can help. Email sales at kclor96fm.com The heart of two counties. KCLR. Indeed it is the heart of two counties and this is the bottom line. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. Crikey, there's somebody uh, texting me to say that I should have turned off my phone in the studio. Uh, Probably John Kane. Apologies for that. Um, I'm joined on the line by Deirdre Martin, who's president of Network Ireland Kilkenny branch. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, John. Thanks very much for having me on this morning. Pleasure. Listen, um, one of your colleagues, Linda Cadool, was on the bottom line in early March talking about the Businesswoman of the Year Awards. I don't think at that stage we were kind of thinking they were going to be virtual. Um, tell us about the awards and tell us how they're going to take place this year. That's right, John. A lot has changed since early March. Um, I'm sure your listeners will agree with that as well. But this past week, our Network Ireland have unveiled the transformation of its annual awards programme to reflect the new realities for Ireland's working women in 2020. 
And the national president, Louisa Mean, who she's a Wicklow-based lady, she was determined to forge ahead with the prestigious national awards and annual conference despite the COVID-19 restrictions. So what's, uh, what's also great is that I suppose the focus of the award categories for 2020 is now going to be focused on the professional women, woman as a whole entity. So looking at the totality of their professional and community work. So the categories are new and designed to reflect the vastly altered working world in which we all now find ourselves. Yeah, so, so Deirdre, tell us just a bit about uh, the Network Ireland Kilkenny branch. Um, did you keep the show on the road uh, throughout the lockdown and so on, or how did you adapt, or, or was it just kind of put in the deep freeze? Absolutely, yeah, we did. We kept the show on the road. Uh, we've been doing virtual events on Zoom, John, so probably one or two a month held locally by ourselves here in Kilkenny. Um, so we've had a good attendance at all of them, and they varied from all sorts of things. Uh, we did a leadership one quite recently, another one about top 10 tips for social media for your business, which was very highly attended as well. And last night, John, we had a style, a social event, so... Um, it's great I'm here this morning standing and able to talk to you after that one it was a, a very good fun event a new uh, phenomenon and, and is that the way forward for you know we'd all be used to going to launches and you know chamber chats events where people are sitting around maybe with a glass of water or a glass of wine in their hand and all that sort of stuff new reality in all that kind of event for the future but people are adapting that's right absolutely and our national conference which is a huge flagship event for Network Ireland every year, that's going to be held virtually and potentially going to be streamed live to thousands or hundreds of uh, delegates on, on October 2nd this year. So that was supposed to be held originally in Powers Court Hotel in Wicklow. Uh, generally on, a, on an annual basis, it's held in whichever county the national president is from. So this year it's going to be virtual. It will be uh, hosted by the Virgin Media TV presenter Elaine Crowley. Uh, she's set to host it with the fabulous lineup of, of some top level speakers on the day as well. So I think it's going to make it even more accessible to people now, John, than it would have ever before. You know, there can be a lot of costs associated sometimes with having to travel to a far off country to attend events overnight and what have you. So yeah. people be able to join now from the comfort of their own homes and they can have a sip of whatever they fancy, tea or coffee or something stronger if, if that's what tickles their fancy. Yeah, now um, a huge range of awards um, about the, uh, that I have in front of me. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go through them all. The online business transformation, business innovation, emerging new business, uh, transformative employee, power within champion and the solo businesswoman. You know, a lot of categories. How will they be judged, Deirdre? So the judging starts on a local level first. Uh, the, each applicant has to complete an application that's on our website, uh, netofireland.ie. And from there, there'll be three judges on a local level who will decide to go through to the national final. So for that judging to take place, there needs to be three entrants into each category. And where we don't have enough uh, in Kilkenny, uh, for a particular category, we can forward their application onto a regional award so they don't get excluded. Oh, that, this any type of uh, interview now, John, this year will be held virtually and on a national level there will be further adjudication done in September. So the closing date for entries, which is important to note, is Friday, July 17th. 
Then uh, branch winners will be announced in August and national judging will take place in the first week in September. And briefly, Deirdre, how do people enter if they go? I like the sound of that. How should they go about entering? So it's very simple. Uh, they can log on, as I said, to networkireland.ie. They will need to become a member so they can get in touch with us at Kilkenny at networkireland.ie or via any of our social media channels if they'd like to talk to us about membership and what that might look like. Um, I suppose this year, John, as well for members, you know, we're having uh, good discussions with people because the membership fee is €195. It can be subsidised if you're an AIB customer because AIB are the national sponsors of Network Ireland since 2013. Uh, So there there is scope for people to avail of a discount by being an AIB customer. So again, they, they need to be a member of Network Ireland before they can apply to the awards. That's great. Deirdre Martin, thank you very much. That was Deirdre Martin, uh, who's president of Network Ireland Kilkenny branch, telling us about the Business Woman of the Year Awards. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. I'd like to thank all our guests, Aidan McCullen, Brian O'Flynn, Breed O'Connell and Deirdre Martin, you held there. Thanks to Eamon Evrenon for getting out and about in Carlo, where we spoke to Noel from Happy Paws, Jimmy Barco from ASAP Printing, Declan from Max Menswear and Morris O'Reilly from Made in Carlo and all our Kilkenny business businesses pete from easy living george whiteford from the shoe corner and Anne barber the butter slip it's been a busy show thanks very much to deirdre drummy who kept the show on the road and produced we'll be back next saturday just after the nine o'clock news do join us then you can listen to the podcast the bottom line kclr wherever you do your podcast listening until we speak again have a good week enjoy the weekend goodbye The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small.